on, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of the Anything and Everything podcast. I'm your host, Ty Reeves, and today we'll be talking about living with the coronavirus with my friend Irish. Irish, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm on the road to recovery, so yeah, I'm just trying to deal with it from now. That's good. That's good. So why don't you, you know, introduce yourself to the people that are listening? Okay. Um. So I, my name is Irish. I go to UConn, and I major in mechanical engineering. I'm from East Haven, but West Haven is my hometown. Prior to this, I was from the UK, but born in the Philippines. So I've just straight up been traveling everywhere. So yeah. Word, word. So kind of before we get into the main topic, let's talk about what was your opinion before you contracted the virus? Before I had it, I wasn't as scared. Like, I thought it was just another normal flu that was something that we needed to resolve ASAP. But I never really took it seriously. Like, all I thought was it was just another really bad problem that I wanted to avoid because I was so serious of my studies. And that was so hard to do because people would obnoxiously, like, panic by everywhere. And it didn't help because at some point I dealt with, like, really xenophobic people. And I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah, Definitely. So you kind of just mentioned you weren't really worried. You kind of just felt like it needed to be dealt with quickly. But, you know, you go to UConn Stanford or you did go to UConn Stanford. Now it's yours. You live mm-hmm. in an apartment with mm-hmm. three other people. Being around, were any of your roommates, you know, worried about the virus and kind of taking that pre- precaution about it? I actually lived with four girls. So there was a lot of us. And, you know, only a few really took it into into consideration to the point that they kind of started panicking as well. But other than that, we all had the same mindset. We were just more so focused on passing and, like, getting good grades. So we never took the whole uh, virus into consideration. All right. So kind of just to stay on UConn Stanford, because, you know, obviously – I went to stores and it, everybody was kind of on their own path as far as what they thought of the virus, if it was real or not. Mm-hmm. So how was UConn Stanford as a campus responding to, you know, the outbreak? So I was on campus a lot, uh, sometimes like at a coffee shop and such, but everywhere I'd go, since it was a very diverse campus, it was very accepting, especially towards Um, international students like Asian students that we have and we have a large group over there but what we would see is that we would just see a bunch of them like wearing masks so obviously that would cause a little fear within the community and sometimes people outside of the school because you know the school was open to public anyone could go anyone could see what's going on and obviously if they see a large group of international students walk around with masks that that causes fear in them that causes fear in like people yeah definitely i i know for a fact being at yukon stores uh, i'll attest to this and i'm sure a bunch of people agree with me i was always kind of oh there's no reason to wear the mask until mm-hmm. you know that week or two before we went on break and teachers were like this is this is a serious problem yeah. so that's kind of when i think me as well as other individuals started to take it a little bit more serious but obviously you talked about people were worried you know seeing other students with masks on and the news and all the reports. So when that came out, did you guys start to follow social distancing guidelines or wearing masks as well? Honestly, uh, I'll say so myself. At first, I really didn't. I really avoided it. Like I would push it at the back of my head to the point that I would still like go out, hang out with people. However, 
like since my family, my entire family is in the healthcare, um, I would get that constant reminder like, hey, wear masks and such. It got to the point that they gave me masks and I had to share it with obviously my roommates and they then started to take precaution. Like it got to the point where parties were less, hangouts were less, and we really, we really would just stay inside. Yeah, definitely. So I know for me personally, when we went on break, my, my journalism <laughs> teacher actually told me, you know, hey, be prepared to not come back. And he was straight up with us. He said that there was talks. So did you ever think when, you know, there was the murmurs and the rumors saying that we might not come back to campus or spring break would be extended? Do you ever think it would, did you ever think it would get to the point that it's at now? Honestly, I, I did because, um, what is it? Uh, relating to your teacher, I also had a teacher. He was Italian. And like, since his home got hit by us so bad, he was also another constant reminder, like, hey, y'all need to pack up your stuff now because I'm not going to see you. He, he kept saying that every single time I had class with him because he realized that, like, us as students didn't realize how bad it was because, you know, we're, we're not the type of country that was dealing with it in that situation. We weren't dealing it at a most, I don't know, worse way compared to Italy, but it was, it was just bad. Yeah, definitely. So you, you kind of mentioned before we obviously started the episode that nobody really wants to go through with online college again, mm. but right now it's up in the air if and when we're going to go back to school, you know, <laughs> be on campus. You know, um, how did, how did the virus impact your studies overall? Um, I'm the type of person that likes to study every day. I mean, I don't like studying, but I had to study. But I would usually study every day, not in my room, because I can never get anything done at home, especially if I have like mad responsibilities that have to do with chores, helping out the family and such. So I would obviously take time out of my day to go to like a library or a coffee shop. And since all of that was closed, like online schooling was the worst experience for me especially with all these teachers just giving out homework for no reason. Like they don't know how to teach right now. So they're just giving all this unnecessary assignments. And that really like pissed me off because we're in a pandemic and some of these teachers weren't as sentimental enough to, I guess, limit what they gave us. Yeah, definitely. Cause I, I can attest to that and agree that <laughs> I thought we got more, you know, more work when when we got back than we had when we were actually yes. on campus and I kind of thought it was ridiculous but kind of just staying with the school the school vibe talking about school you got the virus a little bit before finals correct yes actually I I got it the week of finals so it was right. rough. <laughs> that is rough so how did like did you work with teachers to kind of have that accommodation like hey I have the coronavirus like what would you what did you do to work with your your teachers actually i took um two exams with it and that that was a, a terrible idea because i studied really hard for it and you know i usually um i'm usually an overachiever so personally i felt like i didn't do too hot because of um me being sick however when i reached out to the rest of my teachers they were very accepting of um, my situation, they were very understanding. So I have to just like talk to them and try to reschedule. However, 
I did drop drop one of my exams. I was not about to take my thermodynamics thermodynamics exam. I was not. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it either if I had the virus. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, in the long run, like I said before, we're we're not sure if we're gonna be back on campus, and the way the world is looking with everything reopening, I I have a serious doubt that we'll be back at stories for the fall. But what if you were the president? What precautions do you think? the university should take in order to have kids on campus for the fall semester? Oh my God. If I was a president, um, the precautions that I guess I would take is to not open the states right now. Like we are not in the best condition to open the states right now. If we were to compare ourselves with other countries, we are definitely not. Although I'm aware that there are states that have lessened with their population of like people that are sick and such as that, we do have to think of this as a larger picture because like there's there's we have a bunch of students in this country that obviously wants to go back to college and we can't we cannot go back to school without taking the proper and strict precautions because if we don't do that things will obviously get worse this virus will obviously evolve in a much worse way and we i feel that in order for us to fully prepare ourselves for that, I think that states should definitely not open. Nothing should be opening. Only essentials right now. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you, without a doubt. I think we're opening up a little bit too early. Not a little bit, a lot of it too early. A lot of it. And it's just not what is right. I get it. The economy sucks and you mm-hmm. want to bolster it and boost it. But this isn't the way to go about it by sacrificing people. But kind of keep it in on on a smaller side, not as broad as the whole states, you know, we still want to go back to school with students. I know I want to live on campus and have the experiences that every other student has. Mm-hmm. So what, if they told us, Hey, tomorrow, you know, we're, we're coming back on August 28th or whatever it is. What, what uh, kind of setup would you prefer the university of Connecticut to have to, you know, harbor all these students? Well, that's, that's kind of, tough i did recently just see like some schools are taking to thought of like having temperature checks every single every single like day and such or hour possibly um so that would be a good idea another good idea would possibly be just having um like those guidelines that you see in supermarkets of what six feet distance are and such as that. But obviously when it comes to when it comes to classrooms that would be really hard considering like it's such a limiting amount of space and there's like a large population of student that students that we need to think about so I feel that classrooms would start happening to like I guess occur in trailers just so we can keep that um distance between each other but other than that I, I couldn't really think of much other than always keeping things sanitized and clean and just checking up on every student so we're gonna bring it back a little bit how did you contract COVID-19 so that's a really funny story actually I mean it's not funny but it's it's kind of funny to me because it was the only day that I really decided to help out a family member and I usually do help out like a family member however since again like I said since everyone is in the is in healthcare, like they have to um 
quarantined themselves from me because they're personally afraid that they'd get it from their patients, their COVID patients that they're dealing with and spreading it to me. But the day that I decided to like finally help um, them out, I just got it by being next to them. Like I didn't touch them, do anything with them. I literally just stood next to them. I would, I was driving in the same car as them and I got it. Yeah. So that's, that's obviously rough. You know, you, you can't tell right off the rip if you have it or not. No, just not by standing next to somebody. So when did you, you know, you start getting symptoms or start getting that feeling like, hey, I actually might have the virus? Um, well, I always, since I'm a person that like overthinks a lot, I always thought I had it like every other week because of these outside factors such as like allergies and environmental change and such such as that. So I always thought I had it, but the week that I actually had it, which was like the first week of May, um, I honestly, like, I had the really simple, I guess, um, experiences such as a normal cough or a stuck feeling in my throat. And it, it started to suck because, again, since I overthink, I just thought of things that I had for me this month, such as like exams, work, and all that yeah definitely I, I totally understand that so let's talk a little bit about the whole testing process obviously people get the gist you know cotton swab up the nose into your brain they get the blood or whatever mm. but kind of just explain the progress of what testing site you went to and how long it took you to get tested and how long it took for you to get results so it was really lengthy and the results took about two and a half hours but um i actually got mine done at cvs so at different areas they do different things and in this case cvs what they do is um you get guided by police and military people in your car and you're just in a huge in a really long line with other people in their car and you, you know, obviously have to wait for the person in front of you to get tested, but sometimes the person in front of you is obviously too scared to get it, so you also have to wait for them. And, you know, once it's finally your turn, the whole process is just really simple. Um, they give you, like, a cotton swab, and you have to do it yourself. They You have to stick the swab in your nose and swivel it around for, like, 15 seconds, and, and you repeat it with... Um, like your other nostril and such as that, and you just give it back. But uh, after doing that whole thing, you just wait in a parking lot till you get your results. And yeah, it was it was it was pretty easy. So you're telling me that they made you stick that cotton swab up your nose and make you call it like self-inflicted pain by sticking it into your brain? On it? No, 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 no. So CVS only makes you stick it up your nose for like at least like an inch. So it's not as painful it just made me want to sneeze really bad but i do hear that um like yale or something like that is like making you stick it down your throat like till you touch the back of your throat so it so that's the most painful one uh, definitely i i honestly don't want to get tested because i've gotten a cotton swab up my nose got it down my throat not, um, a, not a fan of either so no i don't think not, I, I don't think anyone would like it <laughs> yeah not for me so kind of you know, explain your worst day with the virus, how like how you took it, what you did and how you were able to manage that day. Honestly, it, so it wasn't a day. It was actually like, I guess, four or five days that um, 
I peak, it's what they call it, like if once you get your really bad symptoms. So I peaked about like four to five days. And honestly, like the symptoms that I had had to do with a lot of shoulder pain, sneezing, congestion. Um, I was really tired. I had a headache. Um, I had a loss of taste, smell, energy. And, you know, I would cough so much to the point that it felt like I was coughing my lungs out. And I, it got to the point where I was like coughing up blood and such as that. And at that point, I couldn't even talk to people without coughing. And it was just the worst, it was the worst experience ever because you were in bed rest and you were just feeling your body just getting weaker. Yeah, that, that sounds like a, a flu on steroids, honestly. It sounds horrible. So you, you obviously just said you're, you're in bed rest. So how did you kind of, you know, communicate with your your family members and, and all that? Um, how my parents, so um, my mom, she works at Yale, so she's really dealing with the brunt of it right now, especially she's um, with the COVID patient. She's definitely dealing with a lot of that. And my dad, he's not at Yale, but he still works in uh, healthcare. However, he's not as, you know, in good condition because of the place that he's working at. Like, they don't provide the same material that Yale does. And since material is or supply is running low, you know, they're not getting the same protections as as um, other places. And same with my sisters. They're, they're not like that they're not getting proper protection as well. And I like guarantee like a bunch of nurses and a bunch of people in healthcare are just not dealing with it properly. Oh. Yeah. So definitely, definitely. Thank you for bringing that up and shout out to your family for, you know, being those essential employees to take care of the people with the COVID. But um, kind of, kind of keeping it with that. How does it make you feel that, you know, your, your, your dad and your sister aren't, don't necessarily have, the best materials to keep themselves saved, but you know we're sending ventilators and masks to like Russia because that was something that came up in the news the other day. How does that make you feel? Um, honestly, that that makes me feel really, really sad because again, they're they're my family members, and I really wish nothing but the best for their health and for themselves. But they're even though they're like already aware that they can't do anything about it at this point. Um, they'll get anything. They'll get anything from Amazon, eBay. They'll try to see if someone has anything for them, but they've taken the proper precautions themselves. It's really just up to um, the hospitals and places that they work at now. And with Russia getting like all that stuff, that's I, I can't really speak for them, but I just hope that they're being way smarter than us right now. Yeah, I 100% agree. So kind of, you know, going back to what you said, you had to self-isolate for a while and that, that could be tough. So how did it impact you as far as your, your mental health and your physical health as well? So physically, um, since I was in bed rest for about two and a half weeks, um, this virus wants to obviously eat protein. So it would obviously attack your muscles. And since like I will I was the type of person to work out frequently. It definitely, it definitely took that from me. It definitely took um, my muscles, all my strength, definitely my stamina. So like my four years of track gone. Um, and 
mentally like it was really hard for me because I'm I'm the type of person that usually can't handle being stuck in a house or a room for like two to three days so this was this was hard for me to handle it would sometimes get to like days where I would try to talk to as much people as I can because without the support from really good friends like like only like a small hand few of really good friends and like supportive family members I probably wouldn't have been able to like mentally be okay out of this yeah definitely obviously being alone is something nobody wants to be especially with the sickness and it's not like it's a common cold where you can still manage to go outside like you're really stuck in a room but trying to get back into like you know the good the good moods you're on the road to recovery as you said in the beginning so what steps have you really been taking to recover fully from the virus um honestly since i've since this virus takes like um your taste and such like such like that like your senses i've just been trying to get back into uh eating healthier and just eating like the proper amount of food getting the proper nutrients i've also been trying to like um soak up so as much sun as i can because again this really made me stay inside and it's gone to the point that since like i have asthma and this virus attacks your lungs i had to do like I'm starting to do a lot more yoga, lung exercises. Uh, I tried getting back into like high intensity training. That was not it. That was not, that was not the plan. Like pretty sure I used my inhaler. Like I had to use my inhaler. That's rough. It was awful. (laughs) That sounds awful. So, you know, obviously you got tested for the virus. So do you plan on getting tested to just make sure you don't have it before going back out into the real world? Oh yeah, definitely. Like that's a thing. Um, doctors are recommending to not actually get tested again because they say supply is running low. I think that's, I think that's BS because even though supply is running low, there are some test sites that obviously offer something, even though it's not as the best compared to Yale, it's still something to it's still something to provide for someone that, you know, cares for people, like people's safety. So even though my doctor's telling me, you know, he really can't get me tested, I'm still trying to get tested. I'm not I definitely want to make sure that um, I'm not risking anyone. Yeah. So that kind of leaves me right into my next question. Like I said before, going back out into the real world after being isolated for two weeks is very difficult and not just for you, for, for people around you as well. Cause you know, they don't know if you still having, if you're not able to get tested cause you just said doctors don't want you to, you may, may or may not have the virus. So what measures are you going to take to kind of keep yourself and others safe from the virus? So I'm actually, um, actually kind of like thought about that and I felt as if I just need to take the same precautions of just always having a mask with me, always wearing gloves, always having the hand sanitizer, disinfecting things that I would use. But I guess from now on, I will actually hang out with less people, probably no people, just to make sure that not only myself and them, but my family as well is is safe. Yeah. So like like people i'm not overly well depending on what i do and i'm sure others can attest to this i'm not overly cautious but i am cautious so uh for example i went to the 
the I went to Target with my brother the other day and I made sure we both had masks <laughs> and gloves on because I don't want, you know, to touch anything that could be infected with the virus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people people are going to be cautious around you. And some people may or may not know that you have the virus after listening to this. How are you going to handle situations where people kind of try to stay away from you or kind of look at you different now after you had, you know, COVID-19? I actually wanted to um, keep this whole thing to myself because I personally felt that if a bunch of people found out that I had the virus, I felt that, you know, they'd be scared of me. And at this point... um, with just being by myself, I've kind of accepted that if people want to be afraid of me just because I had it and, you know, you don't know the, the after effects of it, I'll let them be scared of me. I, I can't control that. But, you know, as long as they just, you know, don't put like me in danger or my family in danger or my friends in danger that still, you know, accept me, even though I already have it. Yeah, definitely. So we, we talked about this before. We even started the podcast. Obviously, we're both from West Haven. Um, people are starting to crowd the beach. I mean, it's warm out. I 100% get it. But, you know, and they're, they're not really following our social distancing guidelines that are in place. So so what is your message, you know, to those people? So um, I haven't really personally seen it myself, but I do see it, like, on social media. And not going to lie that it gets me mad. Like, it's I personally think it's very selfish if, you know, You'd rather go outside, party with all your friends when there's people out here getting sick. Like, you are, people really don't know if they could potentially carry it. And people cannot know if they have it till three or 14 days after. So, with all these people partying, going out to the beach, like, that's that's not that's not it. You're risking not only yourself, but your friends and your family members. So I don't know, no hate or anything, but I'd recommend people to not be selfish and really just kind of think of everyone else surrounding them. Like I understand we're very social creatures and we obviously want to go outside and socialize with people, especially our friends, especially in this warm weather. However, If we really want this to end and for things to work out, especially when we go to school, like we definitely need to take this seriously and take proper precaution. But if you want to go to the beach, like go ahead. Just don't go to a beach just to party or like with a large group of people. Go with, I guess, like two or three people. Get your tan or whatever. If you want to take if you want to take extra precaution, bring a mask with you or gloves or anything of that sort. But just like partying right now. Like, we can do other stuff. I'm pretty sure the parties will be way better after this if we were to go back to college. Yeah, I, again, 100% agree with you. I just feel like, no, no, like you said, no hate to anybody. I respect everybody's decision. But for me personally, I kind of look at it from a family standpoint. Like, I have, my grandfather lives around the corner Mm -hmm. from me, and I see him daily. So I'm not trying to, you know, go go to the beach to hang out with 15 people and then come back and get him sick and then god forbid something happened because I would never be able to live that down. Yeah. So for so for me if I was to give a message to like people that go to the beach or with large group of people, you know, like try to stay social distance. I'm not one to say, you know, stay away from everybody, yeah. but like you said, wear masks, bring hand sanitizer, you know, always wash your hands, try to always, you know, shower twice a day. <laughs> 
just just little little things like that you know that that's what really yeah. helps but kind of um to bring this back we talked in a past episode me ian and onus we talked about the protesters in michigan that i'm not sure if they still are but we're protesting with military grade weapons over stay at home orders they were basically protesting saying they wanted to go back to work and get out of their house to enjoy the nice weather i guess they have in michigan wow. you know for me it's kind of stupid well it's not kind of oh, it, it is, is stupid and i think i think having the guns is just even more stupid yeah. but what what would, what would your message be for those people that are protesting stay at home orders and also calling the virus a hoax read a book like this is not this is not rocket science this is straight this is straightforward facts like please like listen to the scientists if they're telling you to stay at home and that we're not ready we are not ready like i don't know if they're following what trump says like pouring leech down your throats or shit like that like i i don't recommend that but if you want to do that just to knock out the stupidity out of you go right ahead um but i personally think that with these riots and things going on especially with weapons like for what like what it what what is that for like it doesn't it personally makes no sense to me because i've seen i've seen a few pictures where i think i'm not sure if it's people from michigan but they were like rioting and they had weapons right but they had masks on like if you're about to riot don't even wear a mask because like you're rioting for something that obviously doesn't care about not only your life but other people's life so don't wear a mask like i that whole event just irks me because it's so it's so selfish and stupid yeah i i 100 agree with you i don't want to get too much into it but just know i agree kind of to stay with the political side of it mm -hmm. however like you said trump has been very i guess you could say I don't even know what the hell word I would say. He's just not been very clear with the public about his opinion and stance on the virus. Mm -hmm. You know, he's telling people to go outside. He's telling people not to wear masks or not necessarily saying not to wear masks, but he's not wearing a mask. He's kind of giving that message to the public like, hey, yeah, protest. Hey, go out, do this stuff, open up the economy. So we talked about it earlier. Like We're, we're opening up a little bit too soon. So overall, how do you think? the u.s response to the coronavirus has been as a whole oh as a whole um i think as a whole we haven't been responding too well like i understand that there's definitely people out there doing the right things like taking precautions and seriously you know following protocol but then again there's a large group of people that obviously want their old like old lives back so with how that large population is doing and how it's affecting us i think as a as a whole like state or country we are not doing well we are doing awful because this is such an unpredictable virus like ranging from me having it to i guess a whole population having with it like a whole country dealing with it it's very unexpected especially with the curve not really decreasing as much as it should it's we're not doing the best like i i don't know i'm again i'm a person with high expectations so when i had like high expectations for this country to really like i guess be smart it it wasn't happening especially with like trump saying all this stuff and not being like i don't know a proper role model to people 
I just don't understand. Yeah, I, again, I 100% agree with you as well. So kind of just the last thing before we end. You know, we've talked about what we've done wrong or what the country has done wrong, what it's kind of done mm-hmm. right. It's colleges, schools, the virus as a whole. Mm-hmm. But the winter, the winter, or the fall season, they are saying there's, there's more than likely going to be a second wave yeah. of the virus, whether it comes in October, November, you know, when, whenever. What do you think are some big key points the government needs to focus on in order to, you know, stop the second wave from being as bad as the first because we're about to reach 100,000 deaths oh, in the United States? Um, honestly, that's the thing. I just recently heard that um, we have, like, phases of opening up. Like, currently we're in phase one. I personally think that we even we shouldn't even be in phase one, but that's too late. And for the government, like... I would highly recommend just really slowly introducing businesses like opening up again because not not only is this overwhelming for, you know, people that obviously want to get money, but this is going to be overwhelming for people that is getting money. There's going to be a large crowd of people just trying to get things done again, especially like haircuts, nail salons, things like that. Like I've been wanting to get a haircut for how long and it's been what like two three two three months but as much as as much as i want that you know i would highly recommend the government to just hold that even though the people are so like mad right now i think just for the safety of everyone i I would recommend them to just keep things closed and open things very slowly especially with like the economy we are not in the we will not be in the best condition whatever the case is but what will be in the best condition will be most likely, you know, our health and I guess dealing with the virus once it reaches at a, I guess, at a stronger stage of like its evolution. Yeah, definitely. So that's all we really have today. Is there one last message that you would like to give to the people that are listening to this about the virus? Um, if... One last message I give is probably like if you think you have the symptoms, um, honestly, it's different for everyone. But for the like the people that have that I've talked to that have also had it, the really important symptoms that you should pay attention to is a feeling in your throat, um, fevers, body aches, and a cough. Those simple things they can they it can possibly mean you have it. I'm not saying to like panic or things like that, but I would possibly recommend you to start quarantining and, you know, try and get tested at Yale or at CVS. But um, if you don't want to do that and, you know, you'd rather like continue your day without taking precautions or if you want to continue your day and like go out, like you can go out. I will, I definitely, I'm definitely for all that self-care stuff, but I would highly recommend you guys just to stay safe because I would not wish this on anyone. This virus is evil. Like it, pretty sure it was man-made, definitely evil. And some people really aren't lucky out there to, you know, to still be in their homes today. They're just chilling in the hospital, really trying to go against it. So I would highly recommend people to please take precaution and think of not only like yourself, but your family and all the healthcare, all the people in healthcare that's putting like blood and sweat into just making sure everyone is safe and that's it
All right. Well, Irish, thank you for coming on the show. I I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This was was a fun time. This was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Uh, For everybody listening, this was episode seven, Living with the Coronavirus with Irish. Stay on the lookout for episode eight, which will come out in the next couple days or so. And until I see you guys then, that's all we have. And peace. Period.